Hi everyone, and welcome back to the Hockey Journey Podcast, episode number 26, The Hero's Journey, presented to you by OnlineHockeyTraining.com. I'm your host, Coach Lance Pitlick. If you're new here, please make sure you subscribe so you won't miss out on any future episodes. Before we tap into this conversation, if you want to learn more about me, my hockey experiences, what I know, and most importantly, how I've been helping hockey players get really good with a stick and puck, just head on over to OnlineHockeyTraining.com and gain instant access to my 10-part video series where I'll show you everything. Consider it my gift to you. Not too long ago, my son Rem asked me if I have ever heard of the hero's journey. I said that I hadn't, so he suggested I look up a guy named Joseph Campbell, who in 1949 wrote a book called The Hero with a Thousand Faces. Little did I know, but so many of the movies that are so familiar to so many of us are based on the framework and writings of Mr. Campbell's book, like Star Wars, Shrek, Batman, Harry Potter, The Lion King, and The Matrix, to mention a few. I have to admit, this is all new to me, but it sparked something and now I want to learn more, because as you'll find out, the hero's journey is really about each and every one of us. I brought back my good friend and mind mentor, Don Olivet, the Ollie Man, to help explain what exactly is the hero's journey. Ollie, welcome back to the Hockey Journey Podcast. Thanks, Coach. And the reason I say coach is because as we go through life, uh, we all become coaches and giving back to the things we've learned, learned over the years. And uh, having listened to Joseph Campbell for probably half my life, uh, he became more of a mentor in the things he talked about, and that was myth. And you, you mentioned Star Wars and, you know, the, the different uh, things that come out of Star Wars. George Lucas also was a student of Joseph Campbell. And Joseph Campbell worked at, um, he was a professor of literature at Sarah Lawrence College in New York. And he, his, he had his vocation as a literature professor, but then his avocation was myth. And he went to all the cultures around the world and sort of got it to be a student of myth. And he came up with monomyth or the heroes, a hero with a thousand faces. And Maya Angelou always mentioned, we stand on the shoulders of the 10,000 that went before us. And if you think about those myths, they're the ones who make us who we are, our champions, our heroes. Uh, when Joseph went through everything, uh, it, it, it's all about us, us alone. What excites you? What makes you make you who you are? And he came up with 12-step program that it really fits into all the great uh, movies, of, whether it be Star Wars, Indiana Jones, all those series of, uh, of movies, uh, they all follow a footprint. And this footprint goes back for almost a thousand years. And the more he researched it, he came up with the ordinary world and the special world. Man overcoming all kinds of uh, uh, negativity in his life. And he said, the hero's journey is to follow your bliss. And your bliss is what made you get out of bed in the morning to, you know, become whatever you wanted to be. You obviously played 14 years in the National Hockey League, but you had something that really ignited you. What 
if I could ask you, what, what were some of the things that really made you excited about, you know, hockey? Oh, the speed of it, the, the camaraderie, uh, the feeling that you got when the crowd would cheer. You know, you mm-hmm. talk about researching. Uh, so I did, a, you know, I didn't know much about this uh, before my son mentioned it. And before preparing for a podcast, I do a little research. And I, I do want to mention <laughs> right now, Ollie, that we can share this with uh, everyone that this is our second run at this podcast. We, we did it. Uh, I edited it. We both listened to it. And we, we said, uh, that's not our best work, and we're going to try to tighten things up. So I did a little research, and I guess in the simplest terms, the hero's journey is a common narrative, archetype, or story template that involves a hero who goes on an adventure, learns lessons, wins a victory with that newfound knowledge, and then returns home transformed. A lot of the most successful movies of all time use this storytelling template. But does that does that apply to real life for you, me, or anyone who else is listening out there? Uh, in researching for this episode, it, it absolutely applies to real life and everyone, every one of us. I guess in short, the hero's journey follows the path a hero takes in the course of a story from humble beginnings to receiving a call to action, talking uh taking that journey with all of the trials and turbulations, then returning home a renewed person. You mentioned there's 12 stages on this journey. And since this is a hockey podcast, we're going to try to navigate through the interview using hockey-related examples as much as we can. Uh, before we begin, I think it's important to mention that the hero's journey may begin as a youth or a young adult, but it doesn't go full circle until later in life. There are some experiences that we need to go through first that will shape us into the person we're meant to be. So let's begin, Ollie. The first stage is the ordinary world. What's going on there? The ordinary world, that's the way the sun comes up in the morning, the sun goes down at night, and that's just the way it becomes. It's the ordinary world. But in between that sun coming up in the morning and going out and the call to adventure, what would he mean by that? That means going out and wanting to do something. Let's accomplish something today. Let's accomplish something in hockey. For the young guys that are starting out or ladies starting out in hockey, the first time you go out on the ice, is it's, it's, it's a challenge. You didn't skate backwards perfectly. But you what you did is you put the skates on and you tried. That was the call to adventure. It was something new. It was something that you were going to try beyond whatever, you know, negative things that you have. You didn't become successful at first, but the more you kept doing it, the easier it became. The secret is that becomes what they call the call. The calling is to go out there and do it beyond the ordinary world. Status quo, ordinary world. Then we have the the call to adventure, getting out there and doing it. That's number, that's uh, stage number two. So yep. just, just so I'm getting my arms wrapped around this. So Someone's out there, they're just doing their thing, what they've always done for years, and all of a sudden, something new is introduced to them, and there's a little shift within them that they want to do more. This takes us to number two, the call to action. 
call to action, but it is also the assistance, okay, helping and seeking wisdom from maybe someone who's been there uh, experiencing the same thing that they're going through. But then they experience a good coach who helps mentor them, who brings them along on this journey. Now, that can be um, something natural. could be something supernatural. In the movies, if you, you think about the supernaturals, they're the myths that come in and help you assist and make you who you are. But they help you. And I always mention to players to surround yourself with people who get it. What do I mean by that? I mean, that's people who have been there. They can help you. They can help you make it easier, but it's still up to you to get out on the ice and do it. Does that make, does that make sense? Oh yeah. I, you know, it's, uh, from a hockey perspective, players that want to get really good. And Mm -hmm. I explained this in my 10 part video series, like I mentioned in the intro, uh, that, the real gains and growth are what players are doing in addition to their team practices and games. Uh, so, yeah, you need to get in front of the right people. So uh, we have to call the action. You, you jumped over to number four, which is uh, meeting a mentor and surrounding yourself with the right people. But what if someone, because number three is refusal of the call. Some people, they might get it and they say, ah, that's not for me. Just touch on that a little bit. Well, that's true. No one can light your fire except you, and either you like it or you don't. Uh, one of the things I, I want to touch on right there is, from my experience, been here for a while, that once I don't trust my the pit of my stomach, if it just doesn't feel right, if I always went against that, I found out down the road it was the wrong choice. I always found that I, from my years of experience, that what's going on inside always became my guide. And one of the things we talk about is crossing the threshold. Do I want to do it or do I have to do it? Now, if I have to do it, it it becomes uh, a diminishing return. If I want to do it, if something wants get out on the ice. You mentioned about how you like the flow of the game, the roar of the crowd. That is something that overcoming that threshold, negative, I don't want to do it. This sucks. Uh, Overcoming injury, this sucks. The other part is what gets me out there? What keeps me plugging? What makes you go? What is my motivator? I can't answer that. Each one of us is wired differently. What motivates you? What motivated me? Completely different. But the secret is to have a game plan to how do I make me in the best hockey player I can be. I don't know what it is. It's up to each one of you. You know, it's what like your fire. Yeah. You know, you talk about crossing the threshold. So there's two worlds in this diagram that I'm looking at. Just mm-hmm. think of it like a globe and there's a, a line going horizontal across the, the middle of it. On the top, it's the ordinary world. And on the bottom is the special world. And when you cross that threshold, you know, the, it's really the, the fear of the unknown. But you talked about, you know, you got to want to do it. You can't be forced to do it. And I look at when you cross the threshold, if you're really trying to, um, you know, make a change or go after something that it's, you know, going to a hockey practice and having coaches tell you what to do and do all that stuff, you know, mm-hmm. that that's 
that's not going to work long term. It's the times that you're going down in your basement or you're going to the park, you're out in the cul-de-sac when no one's telling you and you're intentionally trying to get better with what you're doing. That's that becomes who you are. That lights your fire. But that's that's an eight. Either you can't learn it, you have to want to do it. And you know, if I go out there and work hard at my craft, how many players do you see keep working on the same thing over and over and over again that they're good at? But the challenge is to do what? The road of trials is number four. The, the road of trials is to work on my weaknesses. Now, if I get my weaknesses to be as strong as my strengths, now you have a complete hockey player. But so many players keep doing the same thing over and over again. Coaches do the same thing over and over again. But the secret is to work on our weaknesses. That fine tunes you who you are. It makes you a complete player. If, is that sort of? Oh, absolutely. And I think, you know, just in a different view, you know, when you go into the special world, going into the unknown, mm-hmm. you know, we have a comfort circle that surrounds us. And the the golden nuggets are just beyond that, you know, where yeah. we're where we have to reach a little bit, not to where we're failing all the time, but to where we're challenged and. Uh, that's hard because it it's uncomfortable to fail. It's but you know you look at uh, you, Michael Jordan and you know all these great athletes that have done amazing things. The one thing that they also said is that they failed a heck of a lot in order to achieve what they achieved. Right. You take the players that uh, that you've interviewed, uh, male and female, in the twenty five episodes prior to this. Each one, each one had a challenge in their life to overcome. Yeah, some of them say, I was lucky. Well, I believe you make your own luck. Uh, you, you go out there and, you know, the, it, Willie Neisner was a great criminal lawyer in Chicago. And very quickly, not to get off the subject here, and a, a lawyer said to him, Mr. Neisner, you're the luckiest man I ever met in a courtroom. And he said, yes, luck had a lot to play with it or to do with my my trial preparation. But do you know where I find luck? At 3 a.m. in the library. And if you really think of that, he did what you everybody looks out on the ice and said, oh, look at that. That that kid is so good. He's so much talent. But they don't also realize the hard work, the shooting in the basement, uh, playing in the cul-de-sac, doing those little things. You have to drag them in at night. You have to get up at 4 a.m. to take them to a game wherever you're taking them. But, you know, they have that that power and that passion. And that's something you either have it or you don't. And that goes life lessons that you learn in sport carry on throughout schoolwork. It carries on throughout college. It carries on throughout life. There are the trials we go through, okay? The approach to it is how do I do it? Do I, I ask kids, do you like hockey? Oh, yeah. No, do you, do you really like hockey? Oh, yeah, I really like hockey. No, do you love it? Can you smell it? Can you taste it? Can you feel it? There are the things that they really enjoy. You know, if you can get and put that together, you have the genie in the bottle. Right. There's- how do you take that 
and, and, and make that work for you, make that become whatever you want to be. But the ordeals, if you go through number six, the ordeals are, it doesn't come easy. Michael Jordan, you know, he worked harder than anybody. Any of these great athletes, they, they're the first one out there in the court, first one out on the ice. They're the last one to leave. And I look at most recently Tiger Woods, you know, playing in the Masters. Right. Uh, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't see uh, how it ended up, but, you know, he definitely had some uh, tests. Uh, he had some enemies, <laughs> you know, with the press yeah. and yeah. getting through that. But he somehow pulled himself out and got back on the rails and uh, is back, I don't know if at, at the top of his game, but you're playing at the Masters, you're pretty solid. Well, he came in plus uh, plus 10, okay? okay. He, the ordeal was what he went through. I mean, they almost amputated his leg a year ago. Now, wow. if I ask you if I ask you a question, uh, the question would be, do you think he does it for the money? Do you think Absolutely. money motivated Tiger to go out there? And no, it's the way he is wired. It's when he was five years old and four years old putting, and his dad had a garbage can lid, and he started banging it with a hammer to teach him what? Focus. Yep. Uh, the, the, if you take any great athlete, they learn that focus. They learn to what? What makes them stay to the top of their game? I can't teach that. It has to, you, you have to ignite your own fire. But you're going to have the ordeals. Tiger Woods is a, a, probably right now the most uh, good example. One, money is important, but it's not the motivator. Any professional athlete is at the top of their game. Money is important. They run a business. They're millionaires. But the secret is to, to stay focused into who they are. Trials and tribulations, they all have them. The 25 people that went on before me, still, ha everyone had a trial, but they overcame it one way or the other. A couple of them said, oh, I was so lucky. Well, I believe luck plays a part, but it also comes with preparation. You prepare yourself to be the best you can be. Now, you liked, I think you told me one time you liked Wayne Gretzky. You had him up on, on the wall in your, your, your room. Wayne Gretzky had his trials. But you know what? Wayne Gretzky was extremely focused. He, yeah. he was a complete. He was a complete athlete. You know, it's as funny. I did a, I did an interview with a guy named Scott Bukestad that played with him in L.A., and he mm -hmm. said you just look at him in between periods, sitting in his stall, and you didn't. You had no idea if he just coughed up a puck and uh, cost us them a goal, or if he was riding a hat trick after the first period. He was just the same. And I guess that's just uh, dialing in on your process. Yeah, and it, 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 but that's that's Wayne Gretzky. Now, if I sat there and did the same thing in the same cubicle, and said, oh, I'm going to be just like Wayne Gretzky, well, uh, tell me how that works for you. The secret is to go inside. And what what is uh, what is Wayne saying to himself internally? How does Wayne see himself playing to the best of his ability? How does he feel when he makes that great pass? Tape to tape. There's never been negative. Uh, I've never read anything negative about Wayne Gretzky. Never. Why? He always credited his teammates. He was so wide open. All I had to do is give him the, the puck. Oh, I had a great, when he scored, oh, I had a great feed, great assist. 
that is something that, you know, that was Wayne Gretzky. But what made Lance Pitlick Lance Pitlick? What made Donald Lovett me? Or whatever the student is. I love to take a kid that has the talent and loves the game versus somebody that has all the talent and just goes out there and doesn't work hard on their craft. Now, that doesn't matter whether it's hockey or football or, you know, soccer. It's, it's the same theme. But how you discipline yourself will help you throughout life. Life after hockey, okay, not even or even after you leave the rink and you have the contract. Now you're, you're an, an entity. You're a business. What do I do with my assets? So many athletes I've seen, they are not good disciplines of their financials. And the reward is there. If we jump to seven, you know, the rewards are there financially. But how many times after their career is over, they go bankrupt? Right. They don't know. They don't know how to manage money. You surround yourself with people who get it. You surround yourself with people who you feel internally have your best interest. But it's still up to you to look at your financials, to look at my my career. Where do I want to go? How about when you get traded? Oh, the, the team hates, you know, that team put me up for on waivers. Wow, it's got to be a downer. They don't want me anymore. They do not want me. But then another team picks you up. Ah, rebirth, fresh start. Let's go do it. And now a word from our sponsor, SniperZedgeHockey.com. Sniper's Edge Hockey is your one-stop shop for your at-home hockey training needs on and off the ice. Find the perfect start to your at-home training area with slick tiles, synthetic ice, or a rink liner. Or upgrade your home setup with one of our top quality training tools to help you work on soft hands, all of your deeks and dangles, perfect your one-timer, and improve the power and accuracy of your shot. Find it all online and in stock for immediate shipping at snipersedgehockey.com. You have all these ordeals, uh, mm-hmm. setbacks, and you, you have some successes in there too. Uh, we, we talked about Tiger Woods, and uh, there's a lot of hockey players I know that um, even this year you, you watch that they've had really challenging years because of, of injuries, but uh, some of them are just getting back after being, you know, missing a full season. But once you get mm-hmm. through an ordeal like that, you know, that's the reward. That's kind of the seizing of the sword. And how does that prepare that person moving forward, uh, I guess, to the road back? Well, I mean, I have to think about that because the road back is picking myself up all the time. I'm, I'm my own champion. Other people, other people, will, you know, they'll, they'll both smoke to you and make you feel good, but it's still that inner desire that taste that you have i i can't wait to get out there again if i have a bad game and you take that swamp home okay all you can get ready is for the next game you miss a wide open net and i see so many players are are so mad i'm saying well it's another opportunity to keep it going you don't play golf with one club you play your you know you play with 16 clubs and you're out there and you say well let's challenge myself to make this one because i have another club in my in the back of my bag Hockey, I miss that wide open net. Well, the puck had to go somewhere. And guess what? I have five teammates out there and one puck. Plus, I got the opponents out there. Still one puck. 
So all I can do is once I lose control of that puck or whatever, you just got to keep working. You work that, that, you know, 45 second shift or whatever shift you have out there, but you got to just keep going forward. So many guys, I just see them when they come in, they, they slam their, their sticks around and, you know, they lose focus. They lose control. Once that puck leaves your stick, the only thing you can do is reframe yourself into a reward of going and getting it. Go dig for it. Now, Bobby Clark, I remember him in Philadelphia. And, and Bobby wasn't the biggest guy, but he was tenacious. It was all heck. Anytime he, got, he, he started fights, Dave Schultz was there to back him up. Right. Um, I mean, that's just, that's, that's hockey. But the fun thing of, of the game, of any sport, is what motivates you to love the sport. Yeah, isn't that the truth? So yeah, I, the the one player I told you last week that you know he was five seven, probably with state skates on, and I asked him in the locker room. I said, "How how tall are you?" And he said he just turned to me and didn't skip a beat. And he said, "Tall enough to play in the National Hockey League." And I said, "You're right." Then he is five. He is probably five six. You know, and I'm I'm making five seven with skates on. But that is something that made him who he was. He he wanted it. And he played in the National Hockey League. So if we keep following these through, okay, each ordeal that you have, you're going to cross a threshold. It's your worst fears. The ordeal is going into that cave because therein lies, you know, you have the fear to go in the cave. But the, the, the part is to pull yourself out of that cave because once you get in there, it's, it's all made up in your mind. Well, that, that, because that's that, brings what, a question. That's what, that brings a question. Sorry to interrupt, Ollie. You know, yeah. as you're going through this journey, uh, the ordeals, the ups and downs, you know, is there an imbalance between external forces and internal that are affecting? I mean, it, what I'm hearing is that it's it's really what's going on between your ears that's going to determine. I mean, that player that you talked about that was 5'7", he, yeah. he knew he was going to make it. He didn't give a crap about what anyone thought. So uh, his internal was much stronger than what was going on externally. Is that fair to say? Fair enough to say, yeah. In, in Internal, you have the internal and the exterior. Okay, ex, you have out there in the exterior world that you're looking at, the ordinary world. Oh, it's beautiful. You know, you got the bright lights and 20,000 people watching you or 4,000 people watching you or mom and dad or your champions. That's your ordinary world. The special world is internal. Who, what makes me up? Okay, what makes me who I am? You know, you like Wayne Gretzky. Come on, Pitt, you're, you're not going to be, you were not going to be Wayne Gretzky, but you were the best that you could be with what God talent you had. Yep. And what I, the time that I put into it as well. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I remember, I remember you said, you know, I stayed later to help the younger guys knowing they're going to make the jump and you, you taught them. And the secret is to surround yourself with people who get it. Surround yourself with people who can help you make the jump, whether it's high school to, you know, juniors or juniors to whatever and, and get drafted. And then, then it all starts all over again. And you, you look at the theme of guys who played in the league. 
five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten years, fifteen years. They know how to play the game. They know how to take care of themselves. So that becomes internal. You have the ordinary world outside, but the internal world is that special world where I go. Who? What makes me? What makes me a good player? What makes me who I am? Yeah. What? But then there's what's important to you. You know, what do you stand for? Is it integrity? You know, is it humility? Gratitude, you know, what are your pillars of, you know, what are you? You answered it right there. Who are you? I, I, I had a team that was losing one time, and I, I went out and bought uh, 25 mirrors. And what I did is I, I said, you know, here's – we lost – the team lost that couple of games in a row. And I took out mirrors, and I gave every player a mirror. And I said – here, here's somebody that's going to make a difference in tomorrow night's game. And I handed each one of them a, a mirror, a little pocket mirror. And they and I said, I want you to look in that mirror. You're the one that's going to do it. Okay? It, it's not coming from the coach. It's not coming from me. It's not coming from anybody else. You're the one that has to go out there and do it. The, all a coach can do is put you into uh, a position to win teach you the skills or whatever, but it's still you on the ice to do it. It's still you on the court to make the three throws. Uh, does that, it, does that make it, 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 there's not a bullet. Okay. The one ranger used to give a, everybody a silver bullet. Well, there are no silver bullets. If there are, call me out and we'll copyright it and we'll sell them. But the only silver bullet is what floats you, what makes you the best player you can be. Hockey, football, basketball, it doesn't matter, the sport. But what you do on ice, off court or athletically, is the same thing how you, you conduct your life. I've never found successful people who have not been one or the other. They're all in. It's just the way they are. Yeah. So, you know, at, at some point early in this journey, someone, you know, they you have to have the conversation with yourself eventually. And it may be when you're uh, a youth, a teenager, a young adult, but uh, you have to ask the question, what, what do I want to be remembered for? You know, what do I want people to say about me at my funeral? What, what's important to me? And if you can't do that, then you don't ever leave the ordinary life, do you? Or the ordinary world. No. no, I always wanted somebody to say at my at my funeral or at my wake is, look, he's still moving. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a little, little joke, but, you know, <laughs> but if you think about the ordeal, it's a really a crisis. It really tests you who you are. That's your darkest hours. There's almost it's called very similar to that. It's called death. But then there's rebirth. Okay, so what did I learn from my trials, my tribulations, my crises? But how did I pick myself up? What made me do that? I don't know. Well, like you, it's completely different. There's heat indicators that make you do what you want to do and how you want to do it. You know, Luke Skywalker had, you know, he had Yoda. And Yoda was, if you ever looked at him, he's a little guy with a horned ears who've been around, but he was extremely wise and powerful. 
And if you looked, if you looked at him in an ordinary world externally, but you didn't realize the power that he possessed internally. And Luke Skywalker did one thing. He, he relied on his Yoda. And that, that's what I, I would like kids to do. Find your Yoda. Find the person that you can trust that looks out for you, that will help you, who will push you. If I think of my best coaches I ever had in my life or, or teachers, the teacher or the coach who was the hardest on me was the ones I remember in a positive way, okay? Not just barking and stuff like that, but the ones who looked out for the best person I could be. They're the ones I remember. Not the good time Charlie or we all had a good time and you didn't learn anything. The coaches you remember throughout your life or players you surrounded yourself throughout your life are the ones you remember because they did what? They held you accountable. You know who they are. I mean, you probably had one in your life or two. Had a couple. Yeah. Yeah. Had a couple. Yeah. Yeah. And you probably had some challenging coaches too. You can't change. Uh, I don't want to get into this, but the, the challenge with a coach is if he gives you some negative stuff that's contrary to who you are, just tune to another channel. I can't change what he's saying to you. But you can change how you receive what he's saying to you. Does that make sense? Does that make sense? Yeah. It's how I receive it. It's how I receive it. So that becomes the magic of flight. Okay. The magic of flight is who am I? It's my results, the treasure, uh, the recognition. It's coming out of the cave, learning that I'm overcoming my fears. Fear is called false evidence appearing real. False evidence appearing real. Everyone has fears. I, I fear driving my car. Well, after I drove my car down the street after the first, when I was 16 years old, I overcame that fear of passing my first car. I still remember that. However, that's when the horse and buggy and we had to go around a, <laughs> whatever it was. But that false evidence appearing real, once you learn to conquer them, they're no longer fears. Right. Because you control it. That that powers that empowers the player. That empowers the person. And that's you know, you're not going to gain this ability your first couple uh rounds with you know struggle or a challenge. You you're, you gotta go through that, experience it, and you'll have conversations with different people, like you said, you know, mentors, moms, dads. Uh, teachers, coaches, uh, and as you go along the line, you know, you, you just get stronger. So, you know, you talk about that, that there's like a death that happens and then there's a resurrection. Um, would that be, you know, I guess going through like for me, I uh, two times in my career, I was a healthy scratch for just over three months. And you, you were a part of one of those, you know, and that, that was what at the time, you know, the darkest point, the lowest point I had ever been uh, in my life. And when I got through that, uh, it kind of felt like a resurrection because, you know, you're, you, you battled and you, you kind of got to renew uh, a start over, but, you know, I don't want to say a superpower, but definitely you, you have something that you didn't have before that makes you more powerful and more in control. Yeah, that becomes what they call the magic flight. 
and what you did is if you re going through it at the time, three months, you know, okay, 12 weeks, you know, okay, let's break it down to days and hours. And you go, oh my God. And yet you still kept honing your skill. You kept working at it. And then you also surround yourself with people that were there to assist you. When the teacher is, when the student is ready, the teacher appears for some reason. And that's something that comes out of the universe. When you trust, and this goes right back to Joseph Campbell, when you go back into the universe and trust the universe, it's there. Ask, and all you have to do is tap in saying, I need help. And guess what? People will, they come up from the oddest places and they help you be who you were. How easy was it for you to quit after the ninth week, 10th week, 11th week, 12th week? I don't want to do this anymore. Well, no, you, you don't. And everybody's gone through that. You did 12 weeks, three months. Can you imagine a healthy scratch sitting out that long? That becomes the mental part of the game. It becomes very difficult. But to keep this into that special world, up into overcoming those, how did it feel when you got on the ice? You probably, I'm not putting it in your words in your mouth, but did you say, I am never going to be a healthy scratch again? You know, I, I don't, you know, I'm going to backtrack just a sec. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, going back at that, I think it was more difficult at the beginning, like the first few weeks. But then I thought that I got stronger as I went on because now it was, you know, me against the world, the big fiery dragon, and I'm not going to get beat. So every time I went to the rink, I put mm -hmm. on my good face. I was focusing on what was in my control. I was being a good teammate. And that made me stronger because I, I was able to develop a little thicker skin for mm -hmm. things that were going to happen down the road that, uh, you know, I, I, I was able to manage, I think, in a little easier way. Yeah, that okay, so you went through the magic flight, but then you went into the return. The return is, you know, you, you, you got the reward. The reward was picking you up. You went through the ordeal. The ordeal is sitting even though you were a healthy scratch. But the reward was what? You had a 14-year professional career or whatever it was. Well, it's crazy. And Here, hold on. You're... I, I always interrupt you, but you just don't make it easy to kind of segue in. <laughs> but it's funny because you talk about what were you feeling in, you know, week 10, 12. Uh, yeah. If I would have gave up at that year, because that was my third year pro. If I would have gave up during that period of time, I never mm -hmm. would have played 393 games in the NHL. I never really thought about it, you know, but my life could be completely different right now if I went to gutted it out and believed in myself that I, I wanted to do more. Well, you would have been a, you could have been a cashier at Target. <laughs> I would have been a good one. You would have been the best one. But the secret is, the reward is so incredible. I mean, it, you can't explain it to anybody unless they've been there. That's why champions, I believe champions repeat. They know what it takes. They know how far to dig down. They know what it takes to win. It's, it's, it's amazing. You see in basketball, I can tell a, a guy making his three throw in the NBA just by making the three throw when they, once they give him the ball, you can tell 
just externally looking at him, whether he has the confidence to make that shot or he doesn't. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's amazing. You get, it, it's sort of funny. It's, it's nonverbal. But that reward that you even talk about is how satisfying it is as you look back after playing 390 games where you were also a healthy scratch for three months. Twice. I mean, you ran, you ran the gambit. I mean, you did. But who, who, what, who picked you up? I'm very curious. Who, who picked you up? Like, what do you mean? Like team? Was it? Oh, you. I'm just saying what, what fire inside you just kept motivating you. I'm sure it got, you know, you had that mental uh, blocks constantly that you had to constantly pick yourself up. What, what drove Lance Pitlick to not give it up? Uh, I, I think that I was, I still had more that I, I wanted to do. I didn't think that I reached my ceiling yet. And mm-hmm. I realized that opportunity was such an important part of that process. And, you know, sometimes it doesn't matter, you know, how much you want it. If, if someone's not going to give you that opportunity, it, it won't happen. But that doesn't mean because it's not going to happen right then and there that it may not happen in the future if you just stay with it. And I guess that's what I did. Just, uh, I wanted to just keep on trying for a little while longer, and uh, I got the opportunity. Well, if you think about that, you had the reward. You, you, you look back and you got the reward. But then the, the step number 10 was new life. New life change. It changed you. You know, you're not that guy at Target. Not to put down any, a cashier at Target. What I'm saying is it, it became who you are today. Now, that gave you that new life. It, it celebrated that change. You had the, you know, the resurrection. Then you had the resolution. The resolution was, this is, wow, I look back, this is what I did. How can I go on? Think of what growth I have had, both externally and internally. It made Lance Pitlick who you are, who you are today. It all comes circle of life. It's funny how this all works. It all fits into a footprint. It became your hero's journey. If anybody wants to study heroes, just study yourself. You don't have to look externally, but the the myth through all the century, you know, through the centuries, are following the footprint, going into the unknown, but taking that step jumping out there in the call to the adventure. You take the, the trials that you go through, up and down, you go into the abyss, you go into the cave, and what pulls you out? Who who did it? Nobody can do that. You have to pull yourself out. You need some you need some help with people guiding you along the way. Yeah, yeah, that, that's everybody. Every athlete uh, or even a good student always has a good mentor. Mentors are that good coach. Coaches are mentors. And if you go back through the centuries, they're all great spirits. You know, the North American Native or where we go in the indigenous tribes, they all believed in a big kahuna. (laughs) It's amazing. But all indigenous tribes, no matter where, the aborigines, whatever, they believe in something more powerful, bigger than them. 
I was just talking to a guy this morning who did his anthropology work at Easter Island, the monoglyphs there on Easter Island, the Druids and what they had in Stonehenge. Uh, you know, they became great mythology students that were passed passed on that what they knew. But your whole circle, you went from an ordinary world into your own special world. You went into your abyss. You picked yourself up. You surrounded her with people who helped you, but nobody gave you a, a magic bullet. You didn't get a silver bullet to help you do that. You picked yourself up. But the return is the great part. The return now is to come back and say, these are the things that I went through in my life as I reflect. At my wake, when they talk about who is Lance Pitlick, well, let me tell you a little bit about Lance Pitlick. What was he as a person? What was he like as a father? What was he like as a coach? Think of the people you touch, people who make it to the to the show or don't make it to the show. doesn't matter, but they became the most successful person that they can be. And as we get back to the, the top of the whole circle is back to this, not the status quo, but to pass on everything that we've done. I think that's how we're, we're measured in what we give and how we do things and uh, help not the, the biggest kid or the smallest kid or the most talented kid. I like working with a kid at the end of the, you know, sits at the end of the table and nobody pays any attention to him. That to me is the fun part. Yeah. Helping them. And that's looking back over my career in different things. Right. So to kind of wrap this thing up, you know, I, I look at it and this is this can be pretty confusing because you know there's mythical components to it uh you know uh, and it's hard to get your arms wrapped around it but if I could just consolidate it you know we all start out somewhere um and we're guided by our parents because we can't fend for ourselves and that's our ordinary world um uh, we get our call to action, and usually that is a passion. It could be playing the piano. It could be art. It could be hockey. Uh, we meet some people that, you know, our parents get us in, in front of some people that maybe specialize in that field and uh, mm. kind of cultivate that passion. And then we cross over into the special world, which is the unknown. I don't know if I'm going to make the the top team in my community, but I, I'm going to, mm -hmm. I'm going to try it. And we have all these ordeals along the way. Uh, and we find our superpower by having that resurrection by, you know, going through some really tough times, but then we, d we develop something that uh, just strengthens uh, our, our desire to, to want to keep on going. And then I look at my career, the, your career ends uh, you go back to the, the ordinary world, transformed, gaining a ton of wisdom, and it's passing it on to the next generation uh, of people helping them. Don't, don't you get more of a, a, a satisfaction helping a young kid be all they can be and being, you know, it, 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 you can't describe it. I, I, Ollie, great question. You know, for me, if... If I'm going to be remembered, I absolutely don't want to be remembered uh, for what I accomplished as a player. Uh, right. Everything that I've done 
in the in the coaching sector is what uh, I'm most proud of. Uh, I I I uh, parallel thoughts right there. But one thing I want to weave. Uh, last thing I want to weave is Joseph Campbell's uh, quote: "If you follow your bliss, you put yourself on a kind of track that has been there all the while, waiting for you, and the life that you ought to be living." is the one that you are living. So the secret is to follow your bliss. What do you enjoy doing? Uh, what What's your motivator? You know, there it doesn't come easy. Wayne Gretzky didn't all of a sudden become a, a Wayne Gretzky of who he is. Wayne Gretzky worked hard. As you said, he sat in a cubicle being in his, what they call the zone. And he was everything that he could be. Now, if he looked back, he'd probably say the same thing. How did I help younger players come along? There's no, there's no pill that will make you feel that good from my experience as well. You know, uh, a few things. You look at two of the greatest players in the NHL right now, Sidney Crosby and Nathan McKinnon. They came from this little island on the east coast of Canada, and uh, they're, the, they're the deal. Uh, I always tell kids, why can't it be you? You know, they're coming from some remote place. And, you know, a Henry Ford quote comes to mind as well. If you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. So I think what we're trying to pass on to everyone here, especially uh, our young hockey hopefuls that are chasing lofty goals, is that why can't it be you? Uh, It is a journey. It's, it's, it's not always easy, but there, there is a, a template, a process that you can follow. And there are a lot of people uh, that are out there that want to help you get to where you want to go. Yep. It's called the hero's journey. The hero's journey is uh, whoever hero you had in your life. And if you think of all the fairy tales and all the all the Star Wars and all those, it's always good triumphing over evil. And that's your own demons. It's you taking control of your own challenges. You become the champion. Yeah, and I, I think a lot of that, uh, you know, some of the, the walls that come up and the, the roadblocks that are set in place are because we're getting in our own way and you know, our own self-talk, and it's not always uh, productive or positive. Well, if you look back and say, what did I learn from it? Yeah. Yeah. Joseph Campbell said, you know, when you fall flat on the concrete with your nose, that's where you discover gold. Because when you fall flat on your face and you hit the concrete, that's when you say, either I'm going to stay down there or I'm going to pick myself up. And only you can answer that. I can't pick you up. No one else can pick you up. You're the one that has to pick yourself up. And uh, I used to say to my kids, I want to give you roots and wings. I want to kick you out of the nest. And you can come back and I'll put a Band-Aid on your your knee, but I'm going to kick you out of the nest again. And as a parent, I think that's the only thing I could ever do is, you know, roots. You can always come home. But wings to explore and be everything they can be. Yeah. You know, and uh, I guess the last thing that I'll leave with uh, everyone here is that uh, there's never failure, only feedback, and whatever you think is failure uh, is only temporary, is only temporary. 
Perfect. Ollie, Thanks. thank you very much for sharing your thoughts and wisdom on this. Uh, great interview. And uh, we'll just keep on keeping this uh, rolling here. Uh, we'll figure out another topic that we'll talk on uh, down the road. But you have a great rest of the week. And thank you for your time. Thanks, Coach. Have a great day. Well, that concludes another episode of the Hockey Journey podcast. Like I mentioned at the beginning of the show, the hero's journey is really our own individual journeys. Do we answer the call to adventure when something new is introduced to our life, or a passion for something that all of a sudden is constantly bouncing around in our brain? Do you depart from an ordinary life in pursuit of something extraordinary, or do you refuse the call? If you do accept the calling, know that going into it, there will be challenges that will appear, and you will face the fiery dragon at some point and you will get knocked down a time or two. But if it is your true calling, when you know what you want to become, you'll learn how to get back up, dust yourself off, and get back to work refining your process. Once you finally reach that long-term objective, the loop will eventually be closed when you enter into the return phase later in life, where all the information gathered from many experiences and the wisdom you've absorbed along the way will be passed on to the next generation, keeping the hero's journey's heartbeat alive for those who will soon be following a similar path. I can't thank you enough for stopping by and listening. I hope you got something positive from the interview, and if you think there's someone in your circle of family and friends that might like this episode as well, please share it with just one person. It will really help me in growing this hockey community. Again, I appreciate you being here. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, or submit a review. I hope to see you back here soon, and do me a favor, make someone close to you smile today. All the best, my friends.